0: M-S-W-Media. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Friday, November 12th, 2021. Today, the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals has stayed the National Archives document production. Jonathan Carl releases the entire John McEntee memo on former Secretary of Defense Esper. Trump's CIA director warned of a right wing coup. And we aren't learning about it until now because someone wanted to sell books. Indiana Republican Mike Braun is in deep shit. A federal judge has ordered Richard Burr's brother-in-law to answer questions about possible insider trading. And Biden will not assert executive privilege or immunity from Mark Meadows. I'm your host, Allison Gill. Hello, everyone. Welcome. We've got some late breaking news from the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals that I'll get to in a second. This is my last day flying solo for a while. Dana will be back Monday. And I would apologize, but I can hear Jane Lynch and Mary Trump in my ear telling me that I'm enough. So, yay for you all. You get me solo today. except. I will be joined later by the host of Tell Me Everything on Sirius XM Radio, John Fugelsang, And we're going to talk about Kyle Rittenhouse, privilege, white privilege, the two systems of justice in this country, and inflation. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Basically, we're going to learn why his podcast is called Tell Me Everything. (laughs) That's why his show is called that, because we do talk about everything. And if you want these episodes ad-free and you want to come to our Zoom happy hours or my live meet and greets when I'm out on the road and you want a premium subscription also to Muller She Wrote and the MSW Book Club, just head to patreon.com slash Muller She Wrote. You can take care of it all there. And thanks to our patrons. You make this all possible. So this quick update, breaking news. So the three-judge panel for the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals issued a temporary injunction, temporary administrative injunction, keeping the records from being turned over to allow Donald to continue his legal challenge for a minute. They say the purpose of this administrative injunction is to protect the court's jurisdiction to address Trump's claims of executive privilege and should not be construed in any way as a ruling on the merits. So they went out of their way to say that in a brief order. The panel also set a rapid pace for Trump's appeal, scheduling oral arguments for November 30th. And this injunction, as we know, comes after a frantic week of court filings with Trump's legal team scrambling to head off the Friday deadline. So he got his stay. The hearing is November 30th in the appellate court. The only place to go from here is the Supreme Court. So we'll keep an eye on this. This is going at a very, very fast pace. This isn't going to be dragging out until after the midterms. I promise. Unless he somehow appeals again. Uh, but I, I I, doubt it. But you know what, though? I'm not going <laughs> to gonna. I'm going to put my beans on this being over by February. So aside from that breaking news, we have a lot of other news to get to. Let's do it. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. First of all, I just want to give a shout out to our very first celebrity guest on Mueller. She wrote Shannon Woodward. From Westworld. We had her join us for one of our very first episodes of, of Mueller, She Wrote, and she coined the phrase hot notes, making all this possible. Shannon, Shannon, if you're listening, thank you. Thank you for hot notes. First up, the House Select Committee investigating the January 6th attack in the Capitol and the White House are ramping up the pressure on Mark Meadows to cooperate with the probe into the insurrection as the committee zeroes in on Trump's inner circle. White House Deputy Counsel Jonathan Sue sent a letter to Mark Meadows' lawyer you know who it is. It's George Terwilliger third Gee willikers, it's Terwilliger. They sent this letter Thursday morning, notifying him that President Biden will not assert executive privilege or immunity over the documents and deposition requested by the select committee related to Mark Meadows. So nope, no privilege for you. Meadows was subpoenaed by the committee at the end of September while he has been engaged with the investigators to negotiate the terms of his deposition and turning over documents, the pace of these discussions has caused the committee to weigh more aggressive measures against him. He's just slow walking this shit. Terwilliger responded Thursday by saying Biden is the first president to make no effort whatsoever to protect presidential communications from being the subject of compelled testimony. Mr. Meadows remains under the instructions of former President Trump to respect longstanding principles of executive privilege, it now appears the courts will have to resolve this conflict. I have been saying we must resolve this in the courts. I thought we already had, but we have not. We haven't really decided whether or not a president, former president, can assert executive privilege when the current president, who who's has more weight in, in calling out executive privilege, is saying, no, no, no privilege for you. So this is a really interesting comment or these comments by Terwilliger, first president to make no effort whatsoever to protect presidential communications. Look, the Republicans want you to think that executive privilege is sweeping and broad. Executive privilege covers very specific things, and you have to prove each specific time that it, it does fall under things that require executive privilege, and only the president can assert the executive privilege, not former presidents. There's a lot of stuff that has to be considered. And so Terwilliker's comments just sort of line up with what most right wing people would like for this total unfettered power of the executive. In an emailed statement, Terrillagher said Biden's position runs contrary to decades of consistent bipartisan opinions from the Justice Department that senior aides cannot be compelled to Congress to give testimony. Yeah, usually when the Department of Justice doesn't want the stuff released or when the White House doesn't want the stuff released. Yeah, then there's a conflict between the branches and that has to go to court. But both branches are in agreement here the executive branch, meaning the White House and the National Archives, and the executive branch, Department of Justice. The Department of Justice and the executive branch are in agreement here. They are not disagreeing. And there isn't like when Trump was in office and the Department of Je- he wanted something and the Department of Justice would disagree. No, everybody's in agreement except for a citizen. Fuck that guy. In his letter, Sue acknowledges the importance of candid advice from the president's senior staff, but cites, again, the unique and extraordinary circumstances where Congress is investigating an effort to obstruct the lawful transfer of power under our Constitution as a reason not to shield information, reflecting an effort to subvert the Constitution itself. Yeah, like if this were discussions about stellar Winds, for example, the torture memos, remember? Okay, privileged, deliberative process, stuff like that. This is, you tried to overthrow the government. And I hate to use that example, because I, I don't think that those should be privileged either, those discussions. But I mean, this is, if there is any crime fraud exception, to executive privilege it has to be a coup quote consistent with the president biden's determination that an assertion of privilege is not justified with respect to testimony and documents relating to these particular subjects he has determined that he will not assert executive privilege with respect to your client's deposition testimony on these subjects or any documents your client may possess that bear on them and this is again um, the house lawyer For the same reasons underlying his decision on executive privilege, President Biden has determined he will not assert immunity to preclude your client from testifying before the select committee. Meadows has said he will not comply with a subpoena until a court tells him he has to. And that brings up the legislative purpose ruling that Judge Chuck made last night that the appellate court stayed today. So we're waiting maybe for a while for that to happen. Remember, we had to wait four months for the Nixon tapes. So everyone and and this is the this is the select committee This isn't criminal investigation by the Department of Justice, which I think are more important and have more weight. I think the committee is important, but this isn't the end all be all. They can't make arrests. You know, I'm just saying. In other insurrection news, General Mark Milley, as we know, chairman of the Joint Chiefs, received an ominous phone call on election night. And then another warning after Donald Trump fired his secretary of defense a few days later. Millie heard from a fellow four-star general and a close friend shortly after polls closed to remind him that your loyalty is to the Constitution and that he represented the stability of this republic. And then Defense Secretary Mike Esper also issued dark warnings of his own until he was abruptly fired six days later, according to the new book, I Alone Can Fix It. New book, quote, we are on the way to a right-wing coup. That was CIA director Gina Haspel, who uh, was on the phone with Millie after Esper was fired. The firing had been orchestrated by a political appointee in the White House office personnel whose purge of anyone deemed insufficiently loyal to Trump had had to be accelerated. And both Millie and Haspel feared they would be next on the chopping block. This appointee, McEntee, by the way, in the tank, quote unquote, which is the military only chamber famous for deliberations and private discussions. The seven joint chiefs, plus Milley and the vice chairman, quietly and privately began to talk about what their options would be if they had to block an unlawful order from the commander in chief. According to a retired general officer who spoke to one of the participants in the tank, the discussions were frank and emotional. They grappled with wide-ranging questions, not just how to protect the republic should Trump threaten, but also ways to protect the military institution, a goal that didn't always easily mesh with what needed to get done. And speaking of the ouster of Esper at the Pentagon, Jonathan Carl, maybe see, he was the guy who showed up on Colbert and said that Pence was huddled in a parking garage and there were photos from the Official tax paid, you know, taxpayer funded White House photographer and Pence blocked their release. But he has released, Jonathan Carl has released the entire memo written by John McEntee. I, I alluded to it in yesterday's Beans. And he was recently subpoenaed by the January 6th committee. Let me read you this memo in its entirety. It says, Mark Esper, secretary of defense, top lines, consistently breaks from POTUS's direction and fails to see through his priorities, has failed to exercise oversight of of the joint staff, approved the promotion of Lieutenant Colonel Vindman, the star, he actually says the start witness when he meant star witness, in the sham impeachment inquiry, who told Congress that the president's call with Ukraine undermined U.S. national security. Publicly, Esper publicly opposed the president's direction to utilize American forces to put down riots just outside the White House in the nation's capital, limiting the president's decision space. Esper even sent National Guardsmen home and disarmed them without White House consent. Huh. Talking about National Guardsmen being deployed during protests. Esper issued a policy that bars the display of the Confederate flag on military installations after the president supported such displays as freedom of speech. Esper was against the Soleimani strike and subsequently stated he would rule out military attacks on cultural sites in Iran if the conflict escalated. Cultural sites, despite the president wanting to keep that option open. Went so far as to say the U.S. does not have the authority to attack proxy groups in Iran during a public interview. He has focused the department on Russia, directing in last September to sprint at them and to look at every fact of competition with Moscow. This consumed the time of nearly all senior leadership for a month. Esper put the entire office of the secretary through the department wide reviews that yielded a measly $5 billion that was not allocated elsewhere. The exercise only demoralized politicals and wasted man hours, taking credit for cuts that were already happening. The joint staff is running the show as Millie's personality overshadows his civilian boss, Esper. There is a reason he is known as Yesper. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Esper has been actively pushing for diversity and inclusion, announcing he would stand up a board and has not done anything to stop the services from pushing out similar initiatives. Wow. He's for diversity and inclusion and he wants to make that happen. And he's done nothing. To stop the services from pushing out so the Army Navy Air Force Marines and guard from pushing out diversity and inclusion, he hasn't stopped that. that's why he needs to be fired. He expressed disinterest in supporting Trump's transgender ban did not show support for Trump's decision to issue directive type memorandum nineteen double o four the military trans ban. He stated the issue really hasn't come up, and uh onto the next page here and found perspectives of six or seven active-duty transgender soldiers' perspectives helpful as he thought through the issue. When he assumed his role, he vowed to be apolitical. He wanted to implement similar policy to his predecessor, Jim Mattis. That's a downside in this memo, and I don't know why this hasn't gotten so much more attention. That the Secretary of Defense, this is why you should fire him, because he vowed to be apolitical. He contradicted the president in SEAL, Eddie Gallagher's case. Esper stated the president ordered him to stop SEAL review board in the case of Chief Petty Officer Edward Gallagher. Esper publicly stated his preference was to allow the Navy to proceed with the peer review board and deny Gallagher his trident. And he contradicted the reasoning for and disagreed with the president's decision to withdraw troops from Germany. Because it was a stupid decision. Recommendations. Accept resignation letter on 4 November and immediately remove from the building. Designate Chris Miller, director of NCTC, as acting sec-deaf. Nominate a capable secretary of defense such as Robert O'Brien. That was the plan. And Chris Miller put that memo out, <sighs> kneecapping law enforcement on the day of January 6th. And finally, let's talk about corrupt and potentially criminal Republican senators. First up is Burr, Richard Burr. A federal judge ordered late Wednesday that the brother-in-law of Richard Burr must submit to an investigative interview with the SEC, Securities and Exchange Commission, regarding an inquiry about whether or not he and his family might have been involved in insider trading. Wednesday's hearing was in response to court filings from October 22nd, accusing Gerald Fouth of failing to comply with a subpoena served on May 26th. The subpoena ordered Fouth to provide three hours of investigative testimony on June 17th. The commission's court findings said that Fouth's attorneys have not cooperated with the subpoena, citing health issues that might make it difficult for him to sit for long periods of time. The commission's attorneys added that Fouth had no issue doing so during a confirmation hearing when Joe Biden appointed him to the National Mediation Board and that he has continued to work in that capacity. And a Republican senator faces serious allegations that he illegally loaned his campaign millions of dollars from his company. But the senator in question, Republican Mike Braun of Indiana, says he can't fully answer the government's questions. Because one of his key staffers vanished. The Daily Beast found him within minutes. (laughs) Go Daily Beast. On Wednesday morning, the FEC released its audit of Braun's campaign committee, alleging a litany of serious financial reporting errors, as well as millions of dollars in allegedly improper loans Braun used to finance his 2018 bid, including $1.5 million routed from the candidate's former company. However, the campaign claims it cannot fully comply because its former treasurer just vanished, and they haven't been able to locate him in three years. But the campaign must not be looking very hard. It took the Daily Beast minutes to identify and locate the man. His mother said in a phone call that she would pass along requests for comments. He's <laughs> downstairs, playing Half-Life, drinking Code Red right now. The campaign's October 4th response to the audit explains that the treasurer in question, Travis Cabrick, was at least ostensibly an experienced FEC compliance professional who'd worked for many federal candidate committees over the years. However, the response adds that at some point during the 2018 election cycle, this individual began making mistakes and failing to perform his services as warranted and for which he was being paid. He ultimately vanished and has not been able to be located since the end of 2018. Mm -hmm. In a hearing with FEC commissioners on Wednesday afternoon, Chris Gober, a lawyer for the campaign, confirmed the campaign had still not reached Kabrick, who Gober said effectively just up and left and disappeared. An hour before the hearing, the Daily Beast had confirmed Cabrick's current job in a phone call with his employer, as well as his location, his contact information and three social media accounts. Twitter has suspended an account connected to the personal Gmail address Cabrick listed on campaign registration documents, but a company spokesperson did not say when or why the account was restricted. Going by the audit's findings, Kabrick appears to have good reason to keep a low profile, but his absence alone would not seem to cover all the allegations, which include allegedly illegal loans from Braun's former company. The auditors found that Braun's reports show more than $8.5 million in apparent prohibited loans to his 2018 campaign, $7 million in direct loans and lines of credit with no collateral that did not appear to be made in the ordinary course of business. The FEC also identified two checks from one corporation totaling $1.5 million that were reported as loans those checks came from Meyer Distributing, which Braun founded and where he served as CEO. Dunder Mifflin. The auditors say that fact makes them corporate contributions, which are illegal. But that's just the beginning. There's an array of violations, millions of dollars in misreported contributions and disbursements, reporting errors for another nearly two million dollars in donations. The audit flagged hundreds of thousands of dollars that the campaign paid back to Braun, claiming those repayments exceeded the legal limit. Hmm. Anyway, the report raised eyebrows. That's all very interesting. All right. Those are the headlines today. I'll be right back to discuss current events like inflation, Kyle Rittenhouse, two systems of justice with the host of Tell Me Everything on Sirius XM, John Saying, Don't want to miss it. Stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG. This portion of the show is brought to you by Glamnetic. Magnetic lashes. They're amazing. If you're sick of dealing with messy lash glue, you're not alone. It's itchy. It's hot. I don't know. It's just, it's so annoying. You can feel it. It's heavy. It's time to get Instagram's hottest makeup brand in your makeup bag, and you'll never have to struggle with glue again. It's Glamnetics Six Magnetic Lashes. They're one of a kind, made to stay on all day, and they apply in just seconds. Lash glue doesn't stand a chance in comparison. I love these lashes. You will too. Glamnetics Magnetic Eyelashes are amazing. They take under a minute to apply with no toxic glue, no struggle, and you can reuse them. Unlike the lashes with glue, you just got to throw those suckers away. You can use each lash up to 60 times, so they're more eco-friendly and wallet-friendly. They have over 75 styles, so you can find your perfect fit from natural to full glam. You can have a different lash for every mood. Take their lash quiz or use their lash guide to find the style that suits you best. And vegan and cruelty-free options are available. Over 500,000 happy customers can't be wrong, and they have a 100% money-back guarantee. With expedited shipping and free shipping to the U.S. and Canada on orders over 30 bucks, find out for yourself by Glamnetic Lashes or Instagram's favorite beauty hack. Go to Glamnetic.com slash beans, enter promo code beans for 30% off your order. This code is only available for listeners. That's Glamnetic.com slash beans and enter promo code beans at checkout for 30% off. And today's show is also brought to you by AG. That's Athletic Greens, the health and wellness company that makes comprehensive daily nutrition super simple. Stress, poor sleep, hectic schedule. I intermittently fast. I'm perimenopausal. There are a million reasons I have giant nutritional gaps in my diet. But this is where AG1 comes to the rescue. AG1 by Athletic Greens is the category-leading superfood product that brings comprehensive, convenient daily nutrition to everyone. Just one tasty scoop of AG1 has 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food source ingredients, including a multivitamin, a multimineral, a probiotic, a greens superfood blend, and more in one convenient daily serving. A special blend of high-quality bioavailable ingredients and a scoop of AG1 work together to fill the gaps in my diet, and they support energy and focus They aid with gut health because they got that probiotic in there and uh, they support a healthy immune system, which is super important going into the winter here. It effectively replaces multiple products and pills with one healthy, delicious drink. It's a lifestyle friendly too. whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, dairy free, gluten free. It has less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, no artificial anything. And it, it tastes good. So that's amazing. My favorite thing about it is all the research that they do and the research changes. Science changes. That's what science does. And so does AG1. Most nutritional products come on the market. They never evolve. But Athletic Greens continues to obsessively improve AG1 based on the latest research. They've had 53 improvements over the last decade and counting. So I highly recommend you give it a try. And to make it easy, AG, Athletic Greens, and me, AG, is going to give you an immune-supporting free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Just visit athleticgreens.com dailybeans today. Again, head over to athleticgreens.com dailybeans to take control of your health and give AG1 a try. Hey, everybody, welcome back. Honored today to be joined by one of the people who influenced me as a comedian and as a broadcaster. Please welcome the host of Tell Me Everything on SiriusXM Satellite Radio, John Fugelsang. John, hi.
1: Allison, it's good to see you. Hello again.
0: It is wonderful to see you. I'm I'm honored that you're here. I'm glad to be talking to you. And I'm going to take a page from your show's title, Tell Me Everything, because I kind of want to talk about everything today. And I want you to tell me everything. And I want to start. With affluenza, tiny Brett Kavanaugh, Kyle Rittenhouse and, and what we've been seeing unfold in the courtroom. Shockingly, not only from Kyle Rittenhouse himself, who who puts the, the actual person on the stand. But anyway, the judge as well. I, I want your top line thoughts on on this. It's absolutely bananas. What's happening?
1: Well, uh, let's just say as far as the judge goes, I'm waiting for the photo of him taking Kyle to Burger King after the actual shooting. You know, uh, what if I began this interview by saying, hey, Allison, uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to drive across state lines and pick up an illegal straw purchase gun so I can defend myself. You know, it's it's amazing. Like this is a guy who as soon as he got out on bail. Because there was crowdsourcing from right wingers and a lot of money went in to pay for this legal defense that most poor white people to say nothing of most brown people in this country couldn't afford. But um, as soon as he got out on bail, there's this photo of him in a bar drinking and taking selfies, wearing a T-shirt with the words free as fuck printed on it. And the judge didn't think the jury should get to know about that shirt. Um, You know the story. He took an illegal gun. He crossed state lines to hunt. Black Lives Matter protesters, he shot three people, he killed two, he brings a gun he's not supposed to have, and he's celebrated as a hero and martyr by the same gun cult that produced him. I mean, he's too young to legally have this weapon. He got it through an illegal straw purchase. He conspired with a friend to purchase this AR-15 style rifle for him. Everyone who radicalized and armed him should be on trial too. But this, to me, is just a reminder, another reminder, that America... You know, is okay with a system where white people, especially those with access to resources, get completely different justice than black people. The very demonstration of this trial proves everything that critical race theory tries to talk about. So, I mean, it's fascinating. I do think the guy is going to walk. Um, I don't think we're going to see. I mean, it's possible he. The jury will probably think he acted in self-defense in one of the shootings, but possibly not the other two. But I wouldn't be surprised at all to see this guy just just go ahead and walk on it. And, you know, people are saying, oh, it's okay." He cried in the stands because he has PTSD. He has PTSD. (laughs) I mean, that's like, you know, Jack the Ripper had PTSD from seeing all that blood. I mean, it's just laughable. And the same people who had no problem with George Floyd have no problem with this guy bringing an AR-15 to a Black Lives Matter rally. What could possibly be racist? He shot two white people. It's the sort of thing we're used to. And I think that as Caucasians become more of a minority population in the next two years, the next two decades, we're going to see a lot more of this.
0: Yeah. And I know we talk a lot about the hypothetical. Had Kyle Rittenhouse been a black person, what would have gone on in this trial? Well, the first answer is he probably wouldn't have made it to trial. He he probably wouldn't be alive. Yeah. But if if by some grace, a black person in Kyle Rittenhouse's position made it to trial.
1: I'm sorry, a young black male waving an AR-15 to cops in Wisconsin. Yeah. 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 I mean, they didn't let him walk by them. A, a black man doing that, there'd be no trial. You're right. Sorry.
0: But no, it's OK. But to have to bend over backwards to have things admitted to show intent for Kyle Rittenhouse. I mean, intent is so important to establish when you're prosecuting a case like this. The judge just wants it to be the black and white, the shooting, what happened to the shooting and nothing else. We can't go to his frame of mind. We can't go to his intent. We can't go to his free as fuck thing. We can't talk about if he's remorseful or not. Okay. We can't talk about whether or not he he was angry and wanted to shoot people or if he was a really kind paramedic that has no training. Uh, he was
1: not. The, the, the prosecution got him to admit yeah. on the stand that he had lied on camera when he said he was a medic. He's mm-hmm. not a medic in any way. Correct.
0: So we have to bend over backwards to try to get the court to allow evidence showing intent. If this were a black person, we would be trying our desperately to push back on not, you know, not just intent, but, you know, what what Kyle did when he was 14 uh, at school one time or. Has he ever taken drugs or, you know, it, can you imagine if if yeah. the prosecution in this case tried to introduce anything like that character assassination wise that gets brought into trials for black people all the time? Yeah,
1: if he was a black, per- if he was a black young male, we'd be talking about why aren't these cops going on trial? We'd be talking about why the cops have avoided trial right now. And any go, if Donald Trump's father had hugged him as much as Fox News hugs Kyle Rittenhouse It'd be a completely different world right now. I'm having flashbacks, Allison, to Sean Hannity sitting down there giving a pedicure every night to George Zimmerman saying, you holding up, champ? You holding up? The lines are drawn and it's completely politicized. And and again, you know, the people who have no problem with this terrorist attack on our Capitol on January 6th, and it was in every way. I mean, if you look up the dictionary definition, a terrorist attack with guns, knives, axes, bats, stolen police gear, flagpoles. They were beating people with Trump signs and hockey sticks and crutches. (laughs) These are the people who want you to believe that 26 million people protesting the largest protest in the history of civil rights demonstrations, that that was all lawless rioting and looting. It's in their interest to make you believe that other people are as shitty as they are. Anybody who was setting cop cars on fire isn't someone who cares about George Floyd. I mean the. Black Lives Matter protests last year were overwhelmingly nonviolent when you look at how many millions of people across the globe took part in them. This is just the same as it always is, this shitty white supremacy minority that thinks they get to walk between the raindrops because we built this country and this country belongs to us. And the rules don't apply. This guy went looking for trouble. He found it. Two people are dead. And uh, the victims, by the way, are being put on trial. I had a caller last night on my show say this one guy was accused of pedophilia. So it's great that he killed him, because, as you know, Kyle Rittenhouse is qualified to be judge, jury and executioner. I mean,
0: and and knew about that. Right. He knew.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He knew. And all these people. Here's what gets me right. All these people claim to be Christian. That's the racket. That's what makes me crazy. You know, these are the same people who were defending George Zimmerman, the same people who don't mind a Confederate flag. They never minded racist lies about Obama's birthplace. They don't want white children taught about racism, even as black children experience racism. And they all claim to be Christian. And this is what we're up against in this country. I've never appreciated good white people more than I do now.
0: Yeah. And I think that the messaging is also a problem, because if we look at like, why don't we why don't we talk about these protests, the George Floyd protests versus the insurrection, which are two completely different things. But let's talk about the percentage of people that were there to people who were arrested.
1: Mm-hmm. You well, know? yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think that most of the people who were arrested in the George Floyd protests were actually white supremacists coming in to try to be dickheads.
1: A lot of them were. I mean, a lot of them were a lot of these so-called antifas are also just, you know, guys trying to start stuff in their masks because they need to smear the left. I, I I don't really we don't have Antifa parties on the left. I only hear about Antifa from the same people I hear about woke and George Soros and Saul Alinsky from. And that's right wing guys. That's the ones who are talking about it. But I mean, you you just nailed it, Allison. because think about the police presence that we saw at the Black Lives Matter marches. Think about how many people went to jail during all of those. I mean, you know, it, it's not much of a leap to understand that, like, they're showing why we need critical race theory. The fact that so many white people, armed white people, were able to overrun our capital. And at the same time, we saw such a disproportionate police presence at Black Lives Matter. They're proving everything that critical race theory teaches. It's a valid of everything Black Lives Matter was saying.
0: National Guard was at Lafayette Square and. In- to 10 seconds flat. You know, we talked about this. They talked about this when the, when they were being questioned early on right. by the Senate committee that was first looking into the insurrection. Like by the hey, way. how come it took 5 hours for the fucking National Guard to get there when it, and and the guy, the National Guard guy too is like, "You got me, man. Same process, same things, but we got it in seconds. We got it approved in seconds." They were flying Helicopters low over crowds during the George Floyd protests and the Black Lives Matter protests, and that they, that was found to be illegal. They had unmarked cops vans rolling up on people. Yeah. they they had a hundred guys standing guard in front of the Lincoln Memorial and in front of the you know Supreme Court. Like, and here we are desperately trying to get anyone to come save the day on January sixth. Really, really.
1: I take a lot of comfort in the fact that there are more good Americans than there are shitty white Americans. I take a lot of comfort in that fact. It's going to be an ugly 25 years, but the next 25 years. But, you know, the people who really don't like minorities are really not liking that they're becoming one. And we're going to see more of this.
0: We kind of knew that was going to happen, too. Like, I remember talking when, when, when I was younger, like, Mo, what's going to happen, you know, when... When the white people are in the minority, these these old dudes are going to be. And I don't mean to be ageist and sexist, but generally these older dudes are going to be pissed. And and they found they did some studies in white papers that most of the people who stormed the Capitol are from blue, blue areas. They're men. Eighty six percent aged, you know, thirty five to fifty. And most of them fear the great replacement. That's the big problem. They, they're, yeah. they're afraid they're That's being they're
1: fed. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the planet's literally getting hotter. And it's going to drive scarcity of resources. It's going to drive incredible mass migrations. It's going to drive all kinds of natural disasters. And these guys are afraid of Joe Biden taking your hamburgers, of children being taught that racism is bad, of Dr. Seuss being canceled, of Kamala Harris forcing migrant children in detention centers to read her children's book. Big Bird
0: breaking your door down and giving you medicine.
1: All of it. Because this party, this, it, it's not the party of Lincoln. It's not even the party of Quayle. They have <laughs> nothing to offer non-millionaires. They have nothing to offer non-millionaires except umbrage. Lies and, and fear. Yeah. Outrage, 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 outrage. Only we can protect you from these evil people who want your children taught that racism is bad. And that's all they've got. And that's why these people are so uninformed. It's why they're so hateful and angry. It's why they think it's moral. To be hateful to people with different views. Mm -hmm. The worst part about it for me is I believe all that Jesus stuff about how we're supposed to treat each other. So I'm always I'm I'm always happy when they call into my show, because I always say, dude, I don't hate you back. You know, like liberals aren't It's sort of like the X-Men. They think we're mutants, but we're actually just more evolved and we're fighting for the people who are afraid of us. I don't want MAGA bros to have to have decades of student loan debt. Mm-hmm. I don't want MAGA bros to have to do a GoFundMe to pay for their kids' surgery. I don't want MAGA bros to be up a tree if they have a baby and they and their spouses can't take any paid leave off of work. Like, we're literally fighting for these people. <laughs> and once again, the Democratic Party is just dropping the ball on messaging. Yeah, because- <laughs> messaging, we're out there fighting for the people who hate us.
0: Yeah, and I've said the exact same thing. I've been like, "Yeah, you're right, boy. We're coming for you with uh, free health care and care and pre-K, and you know, oh yeah, ooh, oh, yeah. Uh, you know,
1: t- Medicare should cover vision <laughs> and dental. Ooh, liberal agenda. I mean, all this stuff, by the way, is incredibly popular too. That's the yeah, that's the thing. Everything we're fighting for, everything that you know, the most loathed celebrity couple in the world, Manchinima, everything they oppose is hugely popular. You got you got these two Democrats who are blocking economic reform like it's Donald Trump's arteries. (laughs) 83 percent of us want the government to negotiate with drug companies for lower prices. That's 91 percent of Democrats, 76 percent of Republicans, 85 percent of independents. Have
0: you seen the ads, by the way, where it's like a grandma and she's like, don't don't negotiate and take away my My choice on medications, please don't do it. And then it just says at the end, paid for by pharma. And you're like, okay.
1: If we we really were a free market economy, we'd have the option of buying cheaper drugs from Canada. We don't. It's always been rigged. It's everything Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders said. Mm. We're the only wealthy country in the world without a federal paid leave standard. I had a guy furious at me last night about this. And I I was telling him, all of our capitalist allies have this. Only about 21% of us have this. But 82% of Americans think that employees should be able to take paid maternity leave. 83% of us want Medicare to cover hearing and vision and dental, including 76% of Republicans. None of this stuff is controversial at all. But the GOP is so great at messaging. That's how the status quo remains the status quo. Keep those white guys angry and pissed off and working 80 hours a week and blaming brown people for their bosses outsourcing their job to China.
0: Yeah. I want to talk a little bit more about money, John, but I have to take a break. Will you stay with me? Okay. Love to. Thanks, everybody. Stick around. We'll be right back. Hey everybody, it's AG with the Beans. Did you know that women are at a higher risk of poor sleep quality and sleep deprivation due to hormonal changes that disrupt the circadian rhythm? And that can negatively impact your overall health. And this can later lead to hot flashes and night sweats in up to 85% of women, making sleep seem impossible. And even if you put the cell phone down and turn the lights off, your body still needs one final trigger to let you know it's time to go to sleep. And that trigger is a decrease in body temperature which hacks your primal response and convinces your body it's finally bedtime. This is where Chili Sleep comes to the rescue. Chili Sleep makes the Uler and Cube Sleep Systems. They are customizable, hydro-powered, temperature-controlled mattress toppers that fit over your existing mattress and provide your ideal sleep temperature. These luxury mattress pads keep your bed at the perfect temperature for deep sleep, whether you sleep hot or cold. And women involved in the Wake Forest menopause study say Chili Sleep's bedding products made a significant change to their sleep pattern and sleepability. saw a decrease in severity of hot flashes, me included. I've had trouble falling asleep for as long as I can remember. It's been worse recently because of perimenopause, but I've been sleeping so much better since I started using Chili Sleep. So head to chilisleep.com slash beans to learn more and check out a special offer available exclusively for Daily Beans listeners and only for a limited time. That's Sleep C-H-I-L-I sleep.com slash beans to take advantage of our exclusive discount and wake up refreshed every day. And today's show is also brought to you by Monk Pack. We know healthy snacks have a bad reputation because, well, most don't taste very good. They don't fill you up. They don't have that crunch and salt and savory. They don't they don't satisfy you. But this portion of the beans is sponsored by Monk Pack. They make snacks that taste like your favorite sugary treats, but with one gram of sugar or less. Monk Pack keto granola bars are incredible. They contain just one gram of sugar, two to three grams of net carbs, and they're only 140 calories each. They're gluten free and grain free plant based non GMO. No soy, no trans fat, no sugar alcohols, no high intensity sweeteners. And you don't have to be keto to love these. Um, I'm paleo, uh, but they're amazing. It's just so nice to have healthy, delicious snacks around. You know, I've been trying to eat better anyway. And Monk Pack Keto Granola Bars have helped me so much because they're a great healthy snack that's actually filling and satisfying. Monk Pack Keto Granola Bars come in delicious flavors like coconut cocoa chip, peanut butter, and blueberry almond vanilla. I love the coconut cocoa chip. I'm a huge fan of coconut and it's got a nice chewy texture. They're delicious with no no high-intensity sweeteners or weird aftertaste. So try it for yourself and you'll see. We have a special deal for listeners. Get 20% off your first purchase of any Monk Pack product by visiting MonkPack.com, entering code DAILYBEANS at checkout. And Monk Pack is so confident in their product, it has a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason at all, they will exchange it or refund your money, whichever you prefer. So to get started, just go to MonkPack, dot com, select any product, Enter code DAILYBEANS, all one word, at checkout, and you'll get 20% off your purchase. Monkpack, Pack, delicious, nutritious food you can count on. And we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Welcome back. We're talking with the host of Tell Me Everything on SiriusXM, John Fugelsang. And uh, we we're starting to get into a money talk. And I want to give you my thoughts of what I was hearing when I was driving home from the gym this morning on, I think it was either on CNN, MSNBC, one of the bigs. And they were talking about Biden's big problem, which is inflation, oh, yeah. which is inflation. Oh yeah. And I thought to myself, like, did, why why won't they take a moment to explain why there's inflation? And because the reason there's inflation is because we had a global pandemic. We're coming out of the global pandemic in America, in the United States, at least wages are up five percent, unemployment's down to four point six percent. We have the child tax credit. We have the the stuff from the American Rescue Plan. American families have more money to spend and they are spending more money. Right. And that increases what we call demand in the old economics 101 supply and demand situation. And when you increase mm-hmm. demand, you strain supply. Hence, boom, boom. our supply chain being problematic. So I'm thinking to myself, you know what, you motherfuckers, you want to fix inflation? We can just take a bunch of money and jobs and wage growth away from the American people. How about that? Let's just do that. We'll put everybody back in the pandemic mode when Trump was in charge. And uh, then we won't have inflation anymore. Won't that be cool?
1: Well, the only thing I disagree with is the reason the media won't explain this is because explaining shit doesn't get clicks. Let's not forget the media has one bias and it's towards ratings eyeballs clicks numbers uh, if hating donald trump gets the ratings great if hating joe biden gets the ratings great but they're failing at their jobs because they won't explain why i mean inflation's at a 30 year high and you just nailed it it's but it's a global inflation it's not just america and the media is playing along with this canard that joe biden is somehow causing all this this is around the world and it, and the prices of goods and food were already high before biden's first term began this is the price we pay for enjoying uh, an impressively robust post-recession recovery. And to all your stats, the Dow just hit 36,000 for the first time last week. When when the pandemic hit, we were having about 220,000 unemployment claims per week. When Biden took office in January, it was 900,000 a week. Last week, it's down to 269,000. Unemployment-wise, we're almost back to where we were before this whole thing began but they don't wanna talk about that. Inflation is a much bigger political problem than it is an economic problem. Global food prices are high around the globe. This is not something America's having to deal with alone. And if these right-wing guys didn't want to experience this kind of global inflation as a result of the whole world shutting down, they should've worn a goddamn mask and gotten their shots and done what doctors told them to do.
0: Is that so we could maybe slowly come back as an economy instead of kind of more all at once?
1: Well, why are they pushing all this disinformation? Right. And by the way, I I love the media. Disinformation, demonstrably false whoppers. Let's just say lies. Everyone on Fox News is vaccinated. Ted Cruz was vaccinated before you or anyone listening to you. And there he is attacking a puppet for being pro-vaccination. That's the level we're at right now. Ted Cruz is the Abraham Lincoln of Sarah Palin's. This was all preventable. And, you know, this global shortage of supplies, you know, the the Fed's going to raise interest rates to save off inflation. So more money will head to the U.S. and developing nations will then struggle even more. But these folks don't care about the entire world. They're Trump Christians. Mm. They care about themselves.
0: Speaking of the entire world, uh, i sorry, this is a huge left turn from what we were talking about but it just occurred okay. to me with the with the new Pfizer treatment for covid that has like an 89% or something 90 like very high Amazing. percentage of of keeping people from getting sick or dying if if you take it within the first 5 days right. of getting symptoms and this is yep. going to be available i i think that this is how we're going to tackle this globally i mean we have sent 80 million i think shots out to to other places. But I think that this particular drug might actually be our way out of this.
1: And the people who were lying, we all had to learn how to say hydroxychloroquine a year ago. (laughs) That's so many dumb people. There's so many dumb people. We had to learn how to pronounce hydroxychloroquine last year and ivermectin this year. And these people are not cheering this pill that Pfizer has because... They want to sacrifice more Americans, the the media and the politicians, because this is how fascists operate. Fascists and cults sacrifice you for the leader, and they will do anything they had to do to slow down the Biden recovery, just as they did everything they could do to slow down the Obama recovery. In my lifetime, I've only seen Democrats get elected president after Republicans have fucked everything up. But now the game is the arsonists have to heckle the fire department the whole time. And they are more than willing to sacrifice lives of their own. I mean, my God, look at what's going on in Texas right now. But besides the fact that, you know, it's like, what, three to one death rate? The hospitals aren't filled with vaccinated people. The Washington Post just reported that unvaccinated Texans this year were 40 times more likely to die of COVID than those who were fully vaccinated. And still, still we have to deal with this because all the vaccinated people are telling the unvaccinated people not to trust them, their vaccines.
0: Yeah, but if state legislatures can simply decide and turn over the will of the people and put their own slate of electors forward,
1: you don't need voters. They don't need voters. And so they've already realized that. I mean, they're literally passing laws in Florida and in Georgia and Texas where if the state legislatures don't like the results of a certain county and think maybe something was up with no evidence, let's throw out all the votes in that county. I mean, why should they sacrifice their voters? They don't need them anymore. Yeah, it's
0: a terrifying thought. Well, John.
1: Yeah, on that note.
0: <laughs> Yeah. I don't know if I, yeah, I guess we have to end it there, but I'm really grateful for you uh, to come on the show and, and thank you for having me on Tell Me Everything on SiriusXM. Anytime.
1: We love having you on. And and I got to tell you, you really deserve so much extra praise for having the scoop of the week. I mean, we need to know why Mike Pence and his entire staff's key cards wouldn't work in the Capitol building. Mm -hmm. To me, this speaks to conspiracy, the thing that Mueller couldn't prove. Mm -hmm. This speaks to it, a criminal conspiracy while this man's life was arguably in danger. So I, I, I just can't stop praising you I mean, we had callers on our show last night talking about your revelations. And I really, really hope the people who are trying to stop us from learning about slavery and segregation can't stop us from learning about January 6th because they're not really big fans of teaching history.
0: No, no, they're they're fans of altering it to suit their purpose. You know
1: what they say? Those who don't learn, those who don't learn from history are doomed to watch ancient aliens on the History Channel.
0: (laughs) Hey, don't drag aliens into this. John. Anyway, thank you so much. Again, you know, I've I've followed your career for a very long time. Okay. You've been an inspiration to me and I really appreciate you coming on the show today. And everyone, please give a listen to Tell Me Everything on SiriusXM. When's it on, John?
1: We're on every evening from nine to midnight on the East, six to nine on the West Coast. But if you have SiriusXM, listen on the app, or on demand every time. Thank you, Pandora Merger. We're a podcast Ooh. too. And I love doing your show. I love what you do for the world. Thank you so much for your service. Right
0: back at you. Thank you. And uh, happy Veterans Day. We'll talk soon. See you as well. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. Hey, everybody. It's AG. The holidays are coming up and I have the best gift idea ever. I'm a careful gift giver. I try to find just the right present for each person on my list. But honestly, the gift everyone wants is a better night's sleep. Bowling Branch never disappoints with the highest quality sheets, blankets, pillows and throws. Plus, their holiday packaging makes your gift look and feel special. I am crazy about my new Bolin Branch sheets. They're buttery soft, light, and luxurious with a magnificent silken texture. Plus, they're transparently sourced and produced to a higher standard with toxin-free processes and fair trade certification. Their sheets are amazing, the quality is wonderful, and it's at a fair price. I'm planning on gifting a set to pretty much everyone this season, maybe some throws, and they'll get to enjoy every single day the wonderfulness of good sleep and a toasty throw. And Bolin Branch holds themselves to high standards across the board. Like I said, they source pure organic cotton, And they put workers' rights first, so you can feel good about these gifts. Treat yourself and your loved ones to the new standard in bedding from Bowl & Branch. Their gifts come wrapped and ready in their special holiday packaging. Order by December 19th for guaranteed delivery by Christmas. And the best deals of the year are going on now from November uh, 1st through the 12th with promo code DailyBeans at BowlAndBranch.com. That's B-O-L-L-A-N-D-B-R-A-N-C-H. BowlAndBranch.com, promo code DailyBeans. Exclusions may apply. And today's show is also brought to you by Wealthfront. If you want to invest in the long term, it helps to invest on your terms. Maybe you're pro-solar, maybe you're pro-cannabis, maybe you're an emerging market crypto person. Whoever you are, you should invest in what you believe in, and that's what makes Wealthfront so great. In just minutes, you can get started with Wealthfront's classic portfolio, or you can make things custom with the investments you care about most. Wealthfront even offers a socially responsible portfolio, which is a mix of funds built around human rights, climate change, and sustainability. Wealthfront is super easy to personalize, meaning you can tweak your portfolio to match the things you care about, like clean energy funds or crypto trusts, cannabis, etc. And they have hundreds more too. No matter what you're into, Wealthfront will help you build your wealth responsibly and protect you from making mistakes, like going all in on some bad advice you got on Reddit. Best of all, Wealthfront is totally automated. They do all the trading, all the rebalancing, and they even help lower your tax bill as you invest. Wealthfront is trusted with over $27 billion in assets, helping nearly half a million people build their wealth, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free at Wealthfront.com slash MSW. It takes just minutes to start building your wealth. So visit Wealthfront.com slash MSW today. That's Wealthfront, F-R-O-N-T dot com slash MSW. You'll be glad you did. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. And if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, idioms, haikus, lyrics, photos from Halloween, photos from Thanksgiving, photos from last Christmas, photos of your pet wearing clothes and hats and, and dresses, whatever you want to send. Uh, if A shit kid say is real funny. Shit parents say. I love that, too. Send them in to us. Dailybeanspod.com. Click on contact. That's where it all gets done. Um, there is now a way, by the way, with the holidays coming up, you can gift a subscription directly to someone you know. Uh, it used to be like we we still have that anonymous, you know, give give a one year subscription for thirty six bucks to somebody who can't swing it. You can do that. You can still donate those and sign up to get a donated one anonymously at dailybeanspod.com. And you scroll down to the bottom. But if you want to gift a subscription to someone specific, you can go to dailybeans.supercast.com and choose the gift a subscription um, button at the top of the page. And you can do it then. Uh, first up, submission here from Dawn, pronoun she and her finally getting around to sending our family Halloween picture. Just a note, our littlest, incredible, Teddy was a babe in my belly when I went to your live show in Seattle. I was very pregnant and I had her two weeks later. That was at the triple door, by the way. What a wonderful show. And Jennifer Cohn was with us at the triple door there. Uh, My good news is just happiness that my two older kids, Sammy and Levi, are now scheduled for their COVID vaccines on November 20th. My gorgeous son, Levi, has Down syndrome, putting him at a much higher risk of getting very sick. So I can't tell you how relieved I'll be once he's vaccinated. We're waiting a bit just to make sure that we get the vaccine at a place where they will have doctors and nurses on standby. He has never had a bad reaction to a vaccine, but I feel more comfortable knowing that they'll be there. One last thing is that it would be awesome if I could get positive thoughts sent in the direction of my baby, Teddy, too. She's heading for dental surgery on the 17th and then has to have her tonsils and adenoids removed on December 3rd. I'm so nervous to have my little going under twice in less than a month. So everybody, do you hear that? Everyone right now, positive vibes to Don and Teddy for the for the going down here December 3rd and on the 17th of November. Everybody go Mm, positive vibes for Don. And let's look. Oh, the Incredibles. Look how beautiful. (gasps) What a great photo. Oh, awesome. Awesome. And I'm so excited for the relief you're going to feel on the 20th dawn when when you finally get vaccines for Sammy and Levi. Next up from G pronouns, she, her, and mom. Hello, Newsies. Oh, that's new. I like that. Amy, 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 you are loved and you are not and the rest. Oh, how I missed your hi on Friday mornings. I mean, Dana is wonderful, but I'm all about and not or Amy. You make Friday's special. So very glad you're back. I wish she was here to hear this from you. I'll make sure to tell her about it, G. P.S. But do go and be a movie star. We will still love you. That is very true. And she's already just a, a fantastic, amazing movie star actress. Getting to play roles with all of my boyfriends like Ryan Reynolds and... I'm <laughs> Come on. Or is it Gosling? Both of them are my boyfriends. So either, either or. Next up from Jean, pronouns she and her. Shit kids say. When my daughter was five years old, she announced, I don't believe in Santa Claus. I don't believe in the Easter Bunny. And I don't believe in George Washington. (laughs) Tax my happy place, the lagoon behind my house with an anonymous duck, pronouns he and him. Oh, yeah, look. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, <gasps> I want to stay there. Oh, thank you for that, Jean. That just calms me down just looking at it. Oh, and there's another picture of a cat, but that's from yesterday, but I'll be happy to look at it again. Next up, karaoke legend Cosmo Blues, pronouns I, me, mine, because nobody should choose your pronouns for you. Hello, Leguminati. It was great to meet A.G. at the small, dedicated band of beans who put uh, put up with New England weather and Boston traffic to do a night on the town with our intrepid host. Hope the future brings us more Boston live events. Good news. I had a cool idea for Halloween that was a hit with all the neighbors. I built a haunted train trestle in my front yard to deliver treats by train. It's a new tradition I've started this year to go along with the longstanding holiday tradition of trains around the tree. And everyone who saw it said this is the coolest thing ever. The train and tracks uh, are made from a larger setup I had had when I lived in Connecticut and was in storage since I moved to Massachusetts. The trestle itself is mostly do-it-yourself. It It took me a few weeks to put together whenever my spare time could coincide with favorable weather. See attached photos. And for pet tax, here's my late little buddy Warren, who despite having left us two Halloweens ago is still bringing joy to many, thanks to the magic of the internet, like his namesake, the late Warren Zevon. Here he is with with his therapy animal thanks for bringing us all together and making my drudge of a job that much more tolerable i couldn't do it without y'all peace (gasps) look at this train this is so cool and it delivers candy and that's covid that's covid friendly oh my god that's so rad (gasps) oh and look at the baby hello my kitty hi warren what is fox That's a good man cat face. If Dana were here, I would I would use this as an example of a man cat face. And uh, let's see, I think this is um, our last submission here. Finally, from Josie DQ. Hello again, Beans Queens. No, DQ does not stand for Dairy Queen or Drag Queen, but Dressage Queen, of course. After listening to the beans for the past year, I should have guessed Allison wasn't just an expert in dog breeds. And now that she's invited me to talk horses, I'm going to drive a Mack truck right on through that opening. Yes, my horse, Fred, AKA Bullseye, is a Morgan horse. I got it right. Hoo-hoo-hoo. All right, so I can do what the mutt with horses. It's a Morgan horse. He was born and bred in Chazy, New York, and his registered name is H.D. Redford GCH. GCH means Grand Champion. Ooh. I've owned him since he was four, and we bought him as a husband horse and companion to my highly strung German <laughs> Hanoverian Pookie. No, that's not his registered name. Uh, Fred is extremely good for my mental health, and Pookie gives me ulcers. Pookie absolutely cannot handle any change of routine, where Fred is your typical good-natured Morgan, who loves food and people and never gets upset about anything except electric fences, short-circuiting, and flamethrowers being used to burn weeds. Uh, He's a multi-world champion in Western dressage, but mostly he's famous for eating one cell phone and one pager. (laughs) Granted, he did spit them out again. He's also eaten a plastic bag of carrots. And in that case, the plastic bag went all the way through and out the other end. Attached are some more pics of our two big babies. One is Fred dressed up in the circus pony outfit for Halloween. I'm the ringmaster. Plus one of us in the Woody and Bullseye costume after a freestyle test. Oh, I love freestyle. Plus Pookie, the fancy warm-blooded being fancy. Thanks for all the great podcasts. The beans is my morning listen when I pick up horse shit. Ah, yeah, Josie. I had a Morgan, Morgan barrel racer and I... I could, I I was like, that looks just like my Morgan. Oh, these are beautiful. Oh, these are wonderful. One of them is upside down, but that's cool. Look how cool. (laughs) Thank you for that. I'm so excited that, that, uh, I called the Morgan horse. So lovely. Big babies too. Very cool. Very chill and laid back. Thank you for these submissions. If you have anything you want to send in, please send it in to me and Dana will be back Monday and I will be here this weekend with uh, episode two of the MSW book club series on here. Right matters by Alexander Vinman. And I will also be here Sunday with Mueller. She wrote. Uh, so I'm very excited about that. And. Oh, it's been, a, you know, on a personal note, it's been a long day I've been going through. I think I told you all. Um, and I know I talked to John Fugelsang about this a couple of days ago, but you know, with my divorce and uh, fleeing domestic violence, et cetera, I've been going through finally everything. I want to get everything out of the house that was ours. Um, so I'm keeping everything that was mine before I met him, and everything that's mine after he left. That I've that I've bought, like my Eames chair, <laughs> uh, but everything else is is going uh, and. Everything came out of the shed and all of that is out. And, and I'm going to basically be having kind of a divorce sale um, on November 20th. And I'm going to let everyone come in like an open house and pick through whatever you want and take it. And you can leave a donation or take it for free. Um, if you, you know, if you can't um, afford anything, it's fine. And all the donations um, that I collect, some of those proceeds are going to go to um, either Laura's house or some some charity um, for survivors of domestic violence. And I'm very excited to do that. I want to make positive um, this negative situation. I want to be able to look at an empty spot where a chair I used to love or you know used to be, uh, but it is, an, is a new chair now. And that also that, that chair went to a home uh, where it could be used and loved and that any money that was donated toward that chair or sofa or piece of art or whatever, uh, has went to help survivors of domestic violence. But I'm, I'm very excited about the event, but going through this pile of stuff today was, it's been, it's been hard. And I've, I've been trying not to go through it, you know, just to be like, let everyone else pick through it. Um, and whatever's left, I'm just going to throw away probably, but it, you know, it's been hard. Um, I, I, I've been mentally shoving all that down uh, since uh, since I kicked him out in December of 2019, Christmas of 2019, and this is the physical manifestation of keeping it all in a literal compartment, compartmentalized, literally. Um, So this is sort of the physical manifestation of the mental compartmentalization, and it's it was it was kind of a tough day, Uh, but reading all this good news and thinking about the end goal. about having everything mine again, and um, and hopefully helping helping other people by by rehoming this this amazing. Some of the stuff is really amazing, rehoming it, and then also, you know, by collecting donations and uh, helping out survivors of of DV. So, I want to thank everyone who's who's responded positively. Um, if you wanna uh, throw a donation, you can do that on Venmo or PayPal. My handle is. Um, official AG. If you're interested, you can do that. And uh, again, thank you for your support. Um, It's, I think probably once the, everything's out, the kitchen's done, the bathroom's remodeled, I'll have all my new furniture. Everything's here coming in uh, December and January. The pool gets dug and built. I think everything will be done and ready um, for, you know, for a housewarming probably in the spring. And um, that's a perfect time for it to happen. So thank you again for your support and letting me talk about that for a minute. Everybody, until Sunday when I see you at Mueller She Wrote in the MSW Book Club, or until Monday, if you just listen to The Beans, please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of the planet, and take care of your mental health. I've been H.E., and them's The Beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill, with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane, with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for the Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com.